you only get one shot at retirement, yet conventional retirement planning keeps getting these three things wrong. This is Retirement Revealed, where Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you towards making smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into retirement income. Today, we're talking about how to avoid three common retirement planning mistakes so you can retire with confidence. The first thing that conventional retirement planning gets wrong is it does not include an accurate measure of your retirement longevity. Now, there's two pieces of that. The first piece is when do you retire? The second piece is how long that you live. When it comes to the first piece, if you ask a 55-year-old, when are you going to retire? They'll probably tell you 65 years old. But if you ask a 65-year-old, when did you retire? They'll tell you 62. All the studies show that the average retiree retires two or three years before they plan to retire. You're retiring before you plan to retire. You need to account for that in your planning. On the other end of how long do you live, most people feel like they're lucky to make it to 85 or 90 perhaps. So what advisors do to make their retirement plans conservative as they say, let's plan on a longer retirement. Perhaps they put age 90 or 100 as the length of your retirement. Well, let me tell you two things that you need to incorporate in that. When you're thinking that you might only live to 85 or 90, there's really pieces of that that come into play that give you an inaccurate, incorrect assumption for how long you might live. One part of it has to do with how long did your parents live? How long did your grandparents live? How long did your aunts and uncles live? Think about what their lifestyle looked like compared to your lifestyle. They might have gone and fought in World War II. They might have smoked two packs a day. They might be eating red meat at every single meal. Chances are you're not doing the same thing. You probably don't have the lifestyle that got to your parents' and grandparents' longevity and you can use that then to your advantage to plan on a longer life expectancy. Another thing that comes into play when you're estimating how long you might live is just all the news headlines. When you read the newspaper, when you see on TV that the average life expectancy is 78, well, dig like one paragraph deeper. Dig into that because what they're talking about is the average life expectancy of somebody born today. If somebody's born today, how long might they live? Well, chances are you weren't born yesterday. You have to figure out your life expectancy for where you're at. If you're 62 years old, you've beat the odds against 20% of people that haven't made it to there. You have a different life expectancy at 62 compared to if you were just born yesterday. So take a look at your life expectancy from today going forward not what the news is saying a newborn baby has for their life expectancy. So the first step for you is to go ahead and get your own accurate longevity life expectancy estimate. There's a few places you can do that. Uh, my favorite is longevityillustrator.org. That's going to account for your gender, your health. It's going to account for your age, and you'll get an accurate picture of how long your life expectancy actually is. I'll tell you why too that planning on a very long life like 90 or 95 or 100 
actually isn't conservative. Think about if there's two of you in the couple and you're getting a pension perhaps. You're definitely getting two social securities. When you're planning on both of you living a long time, you're planning on both of your social securities making it a long time. Plugging into your software, into your Excel spreadsheet, both of you living to 90 or 95 or 100 isn't conservative because it's accounting for this big amount of income that's going to show up every month when it might not show up every month. If you're actually trying to be conservative with your planning, you need to have somebody live longer and somebody live not as long. That will show less income coming in. That'll more accurately reflect what happens in retirement and that'll be the more conservative way to plan for retirement. The second thing that conventional retirement planning gets wrong is it doesn't include accurate spending patterns. When you are using the 4% rule or you're planning with your software or your Excel spreadsheet, you're probably assuming that your spending stays exactly the same your entire life, whether it's the beginning of retirement or it's the end of retirement. And that just doesn't match up with reality. There's a few different ways to think of it. The one you might've heard of is this idea of the go-go years, the slow-go years, and the no-go years. People talk about that and understand that you will probably spend more in the first part of your retirement. And as you get to about 75 or so, you'll probably spend less. And then as you get to 85 or so, you probably spend uh, more actually for health situations, but you're spending a lot less because you're just in the no-go years. You're not going out as much. You're not doing the things that you're doing. There's some retirement research that's been done that actually calls it the retirement spending smile, where it's showing that you spend more at the beginning, you spend less in the middle years, and then you spend more later on, but only for the health issues that are out there. When you're planning on having exactly the same income at the end of your life compared to the beginning of your retirement, you're planning to have and spend a whole bunch of money that you're not actually going to need or spend. When you take a look and use that retirement spending smile and account for the go-go years when you're spending more and account for spending less uh, around 75 or so, and then perhaps account for that change related to healthcare costs at the end, that's really showing what's accurate and that you're planning for the added amount of spending that happens at the beginning. When you plan for the exact same amount of spending throughout time, you're kind of de denying yourself. You're telling yourself, no, you cannot afford to spend what you wanna spend on the things you wanna do at the beginning of life, and you end up with too much money at the end. Too much money, too many regrets that I wish I had done that earlier. So go ahead and accurately reflect how spending happens in retirement by accounting for more spending at the beginning of retirement. It's Jeremy Kyle here, and I know you're listening to the Retirement Reveal Podcast because you want to learn more about making great retirement decisions. I've created a free video course for you to do just that. Head over to 5stepretirementplan.com and sign up to receive this video training right in your email inbox. We broke down our five-step retirement plan into bite-sized videos so you can get started on the retirement, investment, and tax planning you need to create a consistent retirement income. Go to 5stepretirementplan.com, use the number or spell it out, you'll get there either way. 5stepretirementplan.com. Thanks for listening, and now for the rest of the show.
Another reason why you spend less at the end of retirement is if you start out with two people in a couple, at some point there'll be one person in the couple and you just spend less when there's only one person still living. Now, it's maybe not as much as you expected. I hear sometimes, oh, I'll cut everything in half. There's half of us, there'll be half the expenses. Well, that's not true either. Uh, there's the same expense for property taxes. Your income taxes are usually the same or even higher when there's only one person. So you need to account for a lowering of your spending when there's only just the one of you. Uh, but it's not cutting in half. When you take a look at the surveys and the research, there's usually about a 20% drop when the first person dies. So as you're going through with your retirement planning, account for the higher spending at the beginning, plan for that higher spending, and go out and have the fun. When you plan for the higher spending, understanding that there'll be lower spending less uh, later on in retirement, you'll feel comfortable, your planning will show that you can afford to do that. Then of course, plan for if there's two of you, there being a lower income. That way you can plan for and have uh, more fun when there's the two of you because you understand that when there's just one of you, there's probably a 20% cut in your actual expenses. That's what you need to do when you're planning for your retirement is get an accurate spending pattern that is not level across the board, but accurately reflects what's going on with how you go about your normal spending throughout your retirement. The third thing that conventional retirement planning gets wrong is that it's usually based on an idea of a percentage of your total assets. Or perhaps you have the thought that you just want to live off the income. You've got this pot of money and you only wanna live off the income and you don't wanna to touch that principle. Well, what that gets wrong is it's looking at your assets, your retirement accounts only on its own. It's not accounting for your social security. It's not accounting for how taxes work, where if you have traditional accounts, Roth accounts, brokerage accounts, savings accounts, those all have different tax situations and you can go ahead and plan for, try to lower your taxes over your lifetime by using those different accounts at different times, as opposed to just living off the interest or going with a specific percentage. That's why I encourage you to integrate your retirement planning. Account for the investments you have, account for the social security, and account for the tax piece of it. When you put all three of those together, you can plan for and project out a higher retirement income. What happens a lot when you are just thinking, I can only spend a certain percentage, let's call it 4% of my investments, is you start with that first, you look at what the 4% is, and you say, oh my goodness, I can't live off of that. If I've got a million dollars, that's only 40,000 a year. I can't live off that 40,000 a year. So you look for other ways to get income, which oftentimes is, let's turn on social security. You might be turning on social security too early. You might not be maximizing your social security. The studies show that if you maximize your social security in a couple, that's 100 to $200,000 extra you can get out of social security over your lifetime. If you get an extra 100 or 200,000, out of Social Security of your whole lifetime, well, that just makes your investments go further. So you need to integrate how you take your Social Security, maximize your Social Security, along with your investments. And of course, if maximizing your Social Security means you take a lower amount now, so you get a higher amount later on, that doesn't mean you live off less, it just means you take out, you live on your investments more at the beginning, 
and then that allows you to live on your Social Security more at the end. Let me give you an example of what happens when you have a million dollars and you're just trying to live off the 4% and then you turn on your Social Security right away. Let's just say your example of Social Security is you could turn on right away at $21,000 per year. You take your million dollars, you live off the 4%, that's $40,000 of income. You live off the Social Security that you started right away, that's 21,000. Your total amount is going to be then $61,000 per year. Now, what if you go ahead and do something different? What if instead of taking your Social Security right away, is you waited on your Social Security. If you wait five years on your Social Security, instead of 21,000 from Social Security, that amount would grow to 30,000 per year. So think of your investments as two different buckets. One is set aside to just bridge you to the point where you take on Social Security. The other one is that growth investment, probably not invested much different than you would have otherwise. If you do that and you're trying to live on your investments only, you would really need to kind of split those apart into two buckets. The first one being about 300,000. The second one being about $700,000. You can live on that 300,000 at the amount of 66,000 per year if you get a 5% interest rate. Now you've lived off that 300,000 for five years, you got 66,000 of income. Your 700,000 hopefully grows. Let's say it grew at that same 5% interest. Now it's 900,000. And you can apply that 4% principle to that. Well, what happens now? 4% on the 900,000 is $36,000. You're getting $36,000 from your investments. You're getting 30,000 from your social security because you integrated how you take out money from your investments and how you end up with taking money from Social Security, you're getting more money. You're getting 8% more for the rest of your life from making your Social Security higher and really taking a look at your investments in two different areas. One way that's getting you to the point where you turn your Social Security and the other way that's not much different than you would have otherwise, where maybe you're living on that like the 4% rule. It's amazing how much more income you can get, really how much more stability you can get. Because if you're getting 30,000 per year from Social Security instead of the 21,000 per year, that's more stability because that's more money showing up every single month coming out to you. That's why you really need to integrate how you plan out your investments, your Social Security and your tax part, as opposed to just saying, I've got this bucket of money it's my only piece of money and I am living off the interest or I'm only taking out a specific percentage. I see people making these three mistakes all the time. And when you're trying to plan for retirement, you need to make integrated retirement planning decisions. I show you how to do that in my free video course at 5stepretirementplan.com. Go to 5stepretirementplan.com, download my free video course. I'll show you how to do integrated retirement planning. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Reveal podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money and you will make better money decisions. This was another great episode of the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to automatically get our latest episodes. 
If you liked our show and want even more, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love to hear from you. Please go to retirement-revealed.com to learn more and send us your questions and feedback. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners, Thrivent, or its affiliates. The guests are not affiliated with or endorsed by Thrivent Advisor Network. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal accounting or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have with your investment planning. Advisory persons of Thriven provide advisory services under a doing business as name or may have their own legal business entities. However, advisory services are engaged exclusively through Thrivent Advisor Network LLC, a registered investment advisor. Kyle Financial Partners and Thrivent Advisor Network LLC are not affiliated companies. Information in this message is for the intended recipients only. Please visit our website, www.kylefp.com, for important disclosures.